That last word of our reading, Luke chapter 5, verse 32, see just read for us, repentance. I wonder what comes to mind, what you feel when you hear that word. It's not exactly a word that's got a great reputation, is it? And maybe you remember a time when you heard it being shouted by a forceful street preacher. Maybe your mind goes to a time when somebody pointed out your faults and left you feeling judged, hurt, broken. Or maybe you hear it and you just think it sounds boring. It's going to be too hard. There's too much to give up. Well, those three stories from Luke chapter 5 we've just heard read, I think, explode that reputation that repentance is a gloomy thing. Instead, I think we're going to see that it's good news. Repentance is good news. Listen again. It's what Jesus says in verses 31 and 32. It says, Jesus answered them. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I recognise I'm, I'm probably not a very good example of getting to the doctor when you're ill. In my head, to go to the doctor, I need to have something that's really properly wrong with me, like I've stepped in a bear trap or my arm has suddenly fallen off. One thing I'm not going to do is make an appointment to see the doctor, sit in the waiting room, uh, go into the surgery so I can say, you can be really impressed with how well I am. That's not how it works, is it? That's Jesus' point. You put a healthy person and a really ill person together in the waiting room of A&E, which one is the medical team going to see first? Jesus says he's not come for people uh, who think God is impressed with them. He's come to call sinners to repentance. Jesus says this is why he came. And it's why uh, in the next few weeks we're going to be making a big fuss about Christmas And I'll be sharing in the next few weeks some of our plans here at St Luke's. Jesus came. The son of God was born a human to call sinners to repentance. Repentance is something far from gloomy. It is good news. Repentance is the way into freedom, into God's favour, into the kingdom of God that we've already heard Jesus talking about in Luke. And these three stories, well, they're not three random stories that... Luke has just chucked together as if he's like putting a scrapbook together. Back at the start of Luke, he tells us that this is an ordered account. So after uh, Luke writes about Simon and James and John leaving everything and following Jesus, we get these three stories which end with Levi leaving everything and following Jesus. And then Jesus saying that he's come to call sinners to repentance. So there's something about these three stories that helps us see why repentance is good news. So let's uh, dip briefly into each one of these stories uh, to hear why repentance is such good news. So we have the first story. I wonder what you would say it's about. Well, the title in our Bibles, and as we read it, it's it's about Jesus healing a man with leprosy, isn't it? And it is. Uh, But I want to suggest to you that it's more than that. This is about life restored. See, leprosy here uh, didn't just mean uh, the kind of disease that we understand by that name these days. In in Bible times, it's it's talking about a whole range of different infectious skin diseases. Uh, And if you had a a dodgy spot or an iffy rash, uh, you would be declared unclean. 
And to all intents and purposes, it was your life was, was as good as over. And if we pop back um, for a second to Leviticus chapter 13, uh, we read this in verses 45 and 46. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. Let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. In the last few months, uh, many of us have experienced uh, what it means to self-isolate, to live on our own, to be, to be cut off. Uh, but nothing that we've experienced comes close to what this man would have experienced. I can't imagine what it must have been like when Jesus reached out and touched him and then said to him, be clean. And then this going to the priests and the sacrifices of verse 14 are all about this man being restored, his life restored. Jesus is giving us an incredible glimpse of what's to come in the kingdom of God. Everything made right. It's something we can begin to experience now with the, the work and life of the Holy Spirit in us. One day, God is going to bring about his perfect world, a world with no viruses or vaccines, uh, no pollution, no passwords, no distress, no death. It means every unanswered prayer for healing now will one day be answered. Life restored, life with God as it was meant to be. Repentance is not something gloomy. It's good news. It's about life restored. We come to the second story. Uh, perhaps it's a story we're a bit more familiar with. And uh, this one's about Jesus healing a paralysed man. But as he does so, Jesus shows that everybody's greatest need is the forgiveness of sins. And that he is able to do something about that. Put yourselves in the place of the paralysed man's friends for a moment. They probably carried him for miles. They couldn't get into the house. They've gone up on the roof. They've smashed through a ceiling. They've lowered their friend down. So he, he's right in front of Jesus. And then I hear Jesus say, friend, your sins are forgiven. What are you thinking in that moment? Jesus, you must be joking. All that effort that massive repair bill for the roof, heal him. But notice that's not how the people around responded. Nobody seems to disagree that this man needed his sins forgiven. They knew forgiveness of sins was a great human need, and it still is. See, sin and its consequences are even more serious than any virus or any pandemic. But what stops everybody in their tracks in this story is Jesus' claim that he can forgive sins. It's a claim of being God. It's worth being clear at this point that this man wasn't paralysed because he was particularly sinful. There is a relationship between suffering and sin and it's that a sin and God's response to it entered the world. The world has become broken and damaged and therefore there is suffering and there is death. The Pharisees ask, verse 21, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus replies in verse 24, but I want you to know the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
Jesus is the way our sins can be forgiven. He has the authority to forgive them because he has the ability to forgive them. He's the one who makes forgiveness possible. It's the story of the cross that's to come. Repentance isn't something gloomy, it's good news. It's about life restored, it's about sins forgiven. So we come to the third story, the tax collector who followed Jesus. Now tax collectors uh, back in this day probably had reputations even worse than traffic wardens have in our day. Surely, surely Jesus can't be interested in this man. And yet he is. Jesus is interested and loves tax collectors. Jesus is interested in and loves traffic wardens. Jesus is interested and loves all of us. And all Jesus has to say to this man, to Levi, in verse 27, is two words. Follow me. And he does. Verse 28, Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Two words to get that response. How does that even happen? Well, let's remember Levi's not going to be in the dark about Jesus. He will have heard what's been going on. He'll have been hearing about lives restored and sins forgiven. So suddenly when Jesus says those two words, follow me, they become powerful and attractive. But I know for for many of us, the scariest part is reading uh, that Levi left everything and followed Jesus. Is Jesus going to come and ask us to leave everything to follow him? Yes, but let's let's be straight on it. Jesus might call some of us to give up job security. He might call some of us to move to places we never imagined living, to call some of us to take risks and to do hard things. But he always leads us there and he does so carefully and gently and with us being willing. Repentance and following Jesus is an invitation for your deepest relationship to be with your maker, the one who knows you, loves you, forgives you, restores life. And it's for this relationship to shape how we relate to everyone and everything else. I mean, just look at verse 29. Levi, we've been told, has left everything to follow Jesus, but he still throws a party. He still has a house. He still has friends. He's not chucked that all in the bin. What's happened? He's brought Jesus into all of those things. Repentance is not something gloomy. It's good news. It's about life restored, sins forgiven, following Jesus. Well, three things as I finish. First, if you're watching this and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, to answer Jesus' call of repentance, What's stopping you? Those three stories, they have somebody who's on their own, somebody with just a a small group of friends and somebody who can draw a crowd. We've got a a social outcast. We've got someone who's in the midst of suffering and we've got somebody who is doing pretty well in life. The only thing they've got in common is they realise their need for Jesus. Jesus was for all of them and Jesus remains for all of us for any person today whoever you are how many friends you've got whatever you're going through second uh, repentance isn't just a a one-time decision of turning to follow Jesus turning your life around to follow him 
Just so you don't press the accelerator of the car once to get the car going, but you, you keep pressing it. So it is with repentance in the Christian life. Repentance is being about, it's about being drawn into relationship with our forgiving and restoring God. We can't break that. There's plenty of things we can do to make it feel broken. Whether it's shame about how we've behaved, whether it's feeling distant from God because of our response to suffering. Or perhaps it's just because we've been drawn away by things of this world. We return to joy through repentance. We continue to follow Jesus as he draws us and takes us to our heavenly father who forgives and who restores. Uh, let's be honest, it takes some honesty and it takes some plain talking with God to get there. But repentance is always good news. And thirdly, we are to call people to repentance. There is in Jesus in Luke 24, right at the end, verse 47 says that repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in my name to all nations. Our witness to the world around us isn't that you just need to make a few tweaks to your life. It's not come and join and be like us. It's a call for lives to be restored, for sins to be forgiven, to follow Jesus. Repentance is not something gloomy. It's good news. Let's pray. Father, you say in Isaiah 30 verse 15, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. You go on to say that your people at that time would have none of it. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that we would have all of it. And please, would you open our eyes to see repentance as good news, as life restored, as sins forgiven, as following Jesus. Would you help us to be making that decision, maybe for the first time, or to keep living a life of repentance and calling people to that joy. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.